0: Welcome to episode 4 of Fight Me. It is November 11th and we are ready to talk about this week in mixed martial arts. Or not this week, because I guess you're probably listening to this on Monday and nothing's happened yet. But a lot happened uh, last week. We had UFC Fight Night 139. Uh I heard a lot of people talk about this event before it happened because it is um the 25th uh anniversary of the conception of the UFC. Um heard a lot of people talk about this event as if it was not a good um not a good showing for uh the UFC's 25th anniversary. Uh maybe it didn't have a big um you know like power fight didn't have necessarily the biggest stars but what it did was amazing um it it really helped build it had a lot of uh young rising talent on it uh which is let's face it when the ufc started at ufc won we did not Uh, know who any of these guys were yet. Uh, A lot of people in America didn't know who Ace Gracie was Uh, nobody knew who Ken Shamrock was Uh, a lot of the people in the first uh, UFC and it built stars and that's what the UFC and mixed martial arts uh, really has to focus on if it wants to continue to be a true driving force in the world of sports and uh, that is what UFC 139 did wow, look at us, we're just jumping right into it. Um, that's because this was a really great weekend for mixed martial arts from the beginning of it, the end, uh, in the broadcast. The UFC did an awesome job, uh, paid homage to the roots of the UFC from the old school graphics, uh, the big Ultiman, um, the big Ultiman logo, the old UFC logo. Uh, my girlfriend was watching it with me. She was like, was that always the logo of the U- UFC? Because it looks insane. And I was like, yeah, it it used to be. And it's always looked pretty insane. I don't know if anybody ever played the uh, old like PlayStation uh, UFC game. But there was a point in it where you could actually play as Ultiman, the big uh, solid white guy. kind of just looked like Boss Rootin. <laughs> Had a lot of great moves for it, though. Uh, it was, but it was awesome. And I really liked how the UFC did, um, everybody's, uh, uh, core martial arts. Like they had, um, in, in graphics on the side, they had like a grappler or a wrestler versus jujitsu, uh, karate versus kickboxing, uh, that sort of stuff. Jujitsu player versus jujitsu player. It was really nice homage and, uh, the, Fight card that they strung together was from beginning to end just a re- really great fight card. If we can get into some of the uh I, I didn't really take in a whole lot of the um early prelims, but from the from the prelims to the main card, you had uh Devante Smith showing uh showing some great skills ending uh, the fight in the early first round against Julian Arosa. Uh by far the more experienced fighter, like over 26 fights, something like that. Um, 22 wins, I think. Uh, a lot of fights. Uh, Devontae Smith with only five mixed martial arts fights. I believe Devontae Smith was one of the many fighters from this card that found his way into the UFC through dana white's contender series which is really nice to see a lot of these guys Uh, we had some people from dana white's contender series some people from the ultimate fighter series really you know showcasing a lot of that new young talent but Devontae smith's definitely a guy to watch juliana rosa was no slouch by far but Devontae smith just too uh accurate too powerful too fast Obviously he's fighting at lightweight. Obviously the lightweight division in the UFC is no joke. So he's gonna need all those skills to climb his way up but definitely somebody to look out for. Um uh Bobby uh Bobby Moffat uh defeating Chaz Skelly. Uh, that was a that was By submission, that was actually a pretty bad call on the ref's part. Uh, I can't remember the ref's name right now, but not a referee I had seen in the UFC before. Not somebody I was familiar with. I know being a referee in mixed martial arts is insanely difficult. Uh, Obviously, this call was based in uh, the fighter's best interest. He thought that Chaz Skelly had uh, lost consciousness due to... uh, um, arm triangle choke uh, And Bobby Moffat is a great submission uh, Submission specialist So um, he had him in a very tight choke uh, I I believe he he may have been able to finish that There was quite a bit of time left in the fight But it was a really bad and early call uh, Especially because Chaz Skelly is an experienced wrestler A great grappler, a grappler in his own right so that was a tough one to see, but it happens. Uh, moving on to the first fight of the main card, uh, because I believe there was a um, a 125-pound fight canceled that I really would have liked to see. It was Ray Borg. Uh, can't remember who he's supposed to take on, but I'd love to see Ray Borg fight whenever he does. Yeah. Um, that would have been a good one. But then we moved right on to uh, Mike Trezano, um defeating Luis Pena in a decision fight. I believe it was a split decision fight. It was a pretty close one, honestly. Uh, Mike Trezano definitely did what he had to do to walk away with it. I definitely saw how you could make that decision. Luis Pena just not not really showing what he has shown. Uh, leading up to this point in his UFC career. I was actually a little disappointed. Because I've been big time on the violent Bob Ross bandwagon for a while now. He's got the look. He's great in interviews. Just seems like a super cool dude. Really nice dynamic style. Uh, not only a good striker. A uh, tall, long guy. Great grappler. Actually got the better in most of the exchanges on the ground in this fight. But uh, Mike Trezano just putting on a a great uh, example of his kickboxing skills. That's definitely going to be a guy to look forward to. I only think that Luis Pena looked the way he did because Mike Trezano really, really has the skills to make him work and make a guy as talented as him not look too good. So both still guys to look forward to. I don't think either of their stock was hurt too much, but they're both going to have to put on uh, better performance in the next fight because it was in not that it was a bad fight at all but in this fight card uh, um, I just every every fight was amazing and you had to do a whole lot to draw attention and unfortunately I don't think either of them really draw drew too much attention to themselves especially considering considering the straw weight match that took place right afterwards. Holy shit. Macy Barber looked so good. I've been a, really excited, uh, to see her UFC debu- C debut ever since, uh, she appeared on Dana White's contender series. Uh, just showcasing a great, uh, great set on that show. I believe she might have won by a dominant decision on, uh, Dana White's Contender Series, but there was no decision to be made in her UFC debut, Just showcasing great stand-up against a good stand-up fighter, uh, Hannah Cyphers, who took the fight on last notice, uh, on late notice, and uh, or last minute, and... You know, honestly, uh, may not have been up to the caliber of Macy Barber, although they were both relatively inexperienced fighters. I believe it was also Hannah Cipher's debut in the UFC as well. Um, So I know no discredit to Hannah Cipher's. I'd like to see her. Uh, on a full fight camp because she looked great. She showcased some really crisp striking, but Macy Barber was just too much. Macy Barber looked much bigger than Hannah Cyphers. She's a pretty big, uh, pretty big straw weight. Uh, and, you know, that was even fairly evident in the fact that she had a some problem with the weight cut. I believe she needed the extra hour that they give you to, to cut the extra weight to make one fifteen, saying in an interview that that will not be a problem in the future. I really hope so because I'd I'd hate to see an amazing fighter like her marred by difficulty cutting weight. Uh, but if she continues to cut weight well and to continues to fight like she did against Hannah Cypher, just some of the most brutal ground and pound I've seen in. Mixed martial arts altogether, but definitely the women's strawweight uh, weight class. I'd love to see her up against more experienced fighters. Maybe once she gets a couple uh, fights under her belt, I'd like to see her up against somebody who could also fight in co- close quarters with her. Uh, somebody who's also strong in the clinch and can maybe try to neutralize those elbows a little bit. Carolina uh, Kovalkевич comes to mind. Michelle Waterson, someone who I'd love to see her uh, against. But I get the feeling, and not just a hunch on my part, but because Macy Barber told me so, uh, right as soon as she got on the mic, uh, showing that she is no um, no novice as far as understanding how the game works, calls out Mackenzie Dern's fight that makes complete sense for her. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, also no slouch on the ground, great jiu-jitsu player. Uh, Macy Barber not really looking like someone who you want to work from the guard with uh, because her ground and pound was brutal. I have, I've not seen somebody so dominant and, um, determined to be the champion since John, John Jones. Uh, and, uh, I make the comparison because I believe Macy Barber wants me to. She has, uh, a Google calendar, uh, notice on her iPhone for when she um, she will become the youngest champ in the history of the UFC right below John Jones so um, I, I'd i love to see her keep on a tear there even though Rose Namunas is one of my favorite fighters I'd love to see them fight someday um, Macy Barber looking pretty awesome uh, moving on to Danil Dariush I'm skipping a few I'm just kind of hitting the ones that I thought were noteworthy: uh, Benil Dariush uh, defeating Tiago Moises. Uh, and the UFC got to put in their old school font, Jiu-Jitsu verse Jiu-Jitsu, and it turned out just the way you would think it might because they're both pretty top-notch Jiu-Jitsu players. Uh, became a little bit of a striking match, mostly um, you know when they're on the ground, mostly canceling each other out, but uh, still, still a fun fight. And moving on to the women's bantamweight uh, fight, Jermaine Durandamy defeating Raquel Pennington. Uh, I honestly thought that was very close. I thought you could have given it to Pennington. Jermaine Durandamy looked good, but not as good as uh, I would th- I would think that she would. It wasn't necessarily a dominant victory at all, uh, especially considering how highly Jermaine Durandamy has been touted since she entered the UFC. Uh, the UFC basically bringing her in to one day face off against Chris Cyborg. Obviously, that didn't happen. Jermaine Duraname said she would never fight Chris Cyborg. Uh, if you remember that whole bizarre thing unfolding when, uh, Jermaine Duraname came into the UFC to fight at, uh, at 145. Um,. But, uh, you know, that advances her up. Maybe, you know, we'll see what happens in the uh, women's bantamweight belt once uh, Amanda Nunes uh, finishes her uh, or uh, completes her fight against Chris Seiberg at 145. Will she go back down? Uh, If she wins, will she stay up there at 145? So we'll see how all that shakes out. But Jermaine Duran in any uh, occasion, advancing Uh, I'd like to see who she'll fight next. Uh, Looking pretty good. Uh, Moving on to the co-headlining event, Donald Cerrone versus Mike Perry. Uh, This one has kind of been bubbling for a while now. Uh, You don't usually see Donald Cerrone getting involved in um, beef or shit talk. And not that he really did shit talk much about this one, but there was a lot of uh, uh, exterior shit talk camps. Shit talking amongst each other. Donald Cerrone leaving uh, Jackson Wink uh, when Mike Perry came in to train with Jackson Wink. Still not a hundred percent sure what the shit talk was about, but um, either way, Donald Cerrone no um, no love lost between Donald Cerrone and Mike Perry. Um, Mike Perry is one of those fighters who we have been looking at for a while now, uh, showing a lot of raw talent. Uh, one of the most powerful dudes at uh, at 170 uh really really strong guy not the biggest guy at 170 but just a super strong guy showing raw knockout power uh showing somebody who could have really used some uh some more tools in his arsenal and a more uh focused fight camp Jackson Wink obviously was his plan to give him that and um you know, I wish I could say that he looked any different in this fight than he has in other fights. He really didn't. Um, I would even say he looked better in his fight. Obviously he won that fight in his fight against, uh, Paul Felder, uh, in Brooklyn, uh, a while ago now. Um, but he looked great in that fight, but you know, Paul Felder was, uh, going up weight class. It was, um, Last minute fight. Uh, I definitely would have liked to have seen that fight unfold with Mike Perry fighting who was supposed to fight, I believe, was Alia Quinta. Um, That might have actually been a more difficult fight for him. Uh, Probably an easier fight for him than this fight against Cerrone would have been, still nonetheless. Uh, Donald Cerrone, I think a lot, I believe. If I if I were to bet on a fight uh, on this card, it would have been this Cerrone-Mike Perry card. Because Mike Perry was a sizable... Or uh, Donald Cerrone was a sizable underdog to Mike Perry. And I think whenever you count Donald Cerrone out, you have made a mistake. Because uh, that dude is... And will continue to be a force at... Uh, at 170 in the UFC. Or maybe he'll go back down to 155 again. Who knows? I I think he uh, said something to that extent at the end of his fight when he was on the mic. Uh, super interesting. Uh, the UFC's um, 25-year anniversary uh, back in Denver, Colorado being uh, Donald Cerrone's home. I think if there were ever any um, any perfect setting... For Donald Cerrone to retire it would have been that night a big victory against a young guy back in his hometown a monumental event for uh, the UFC I mean if it, you couldn't pick a better place for a fighter like Donald Cerrone to go out on top but I do not think Donald Cerrone is the kind of fighter who's going to go out on top I think he's just going to keep fighting forever I think when he's uh not not up to snuff to fight in the UFC, he's going to go to a smaller organization. I think he's probably, you know, if we've uh, seen anything from the precedent set by guys uh like Demetrius Johnson and Eddie Alvarez and uh people like that going over to Japan, you know, big names like Donald Cerrone would do really well there, and that's probably what he's going to end up doing. Um you know, not not really the kind of guy who you would pick to age gracefully kind of dude who takes a lot of damage, so we'll see how he looks in his older years, but I think we'll definitely see him there in his older years, and he continues doing things like this. They're definitely going to keep him in the UFC uh, for a while. He's always going to be a good litmus test to see if somebody's ready to face the higher caliber talent, and uh, I think he proved that Mike Perry is not necessarily there yet, so... We'll see what's next from Mike Perry. Not counting him out. A dude with that much raw talent can definitely uh regroup, uh you know, get to the point where he is able to uh to take on somebody like Donald Cerrone. But Don Cerrone submitting Mike Perry in the uh late minutes of round one. Uh moving on, uh, we're just gonna move right up on to this uh, main event because I wanna spend quite a bit of time talking about this. Uh, Man, I have so many mixed feelings on this uh, fight. Uh, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of people jumping down my throat about this one. So let me just get this out of the way real quick. I'm not saying that this was not an amazing fight. This was a throwback fight for sure. This was a rock'em sock'em robots at the highest level. This was just a back and forth from two guys who... Uh, A very dynamic, striking, very tough dudes, a very strong Chen's. We knew that about uh, Chen Sung Jung, the Korean zombie. We did not necessarily know that about Yair Rodriguez, not saying anything uh, negative about him. We just, I feel like in the UFC, we haven't seen him in a whole lot of trouble with a whole lot of adversity. And when we did see him go through a whole lot of adversity with Frankie Edgar... Uh, he was stopped. Frankie Edgar, actually the one who, uh, Chen Sung-jung was supposed to fight, Uh, I think this fight would have gone considerably different. Uh, obviously it wouldn't have spent so much time standing up, uh, if it was Frankie Edgar. I don't think Frankie Edgar would have stood in front of, uh, Chen Sung-jung quite like Yair Rodriguez did. Uh, I also felt like I saw a considerable lack of, uh, Of footwork for me, Ayer Rodriguez. Uh, Somebody who moves really well with that uh, sideways karate stance, moves really well in and out. I thought I would see him bouncing a little more, moving around, but it seemed like he was pretty content to uh, stand in front of Korean Zombie, uh, sort of settle into his punches and kicks, and uh, sort of take the uh, side of head movement as opposed to uh, foot movement which was an interesting choice for him, probably not the best choice against a guy like Korean Zombie. Uh, those those dudes, hats off to him. I mean, that is what a lot of people, I'd say the vast majority of the people who walks, watch mixed martial arts want to see. I mean, how many uh, fights of the night or fights of the year does Chan Sung Jung have to be in for us to uh, consider him a legend in the sport? I mean, he's, he's already there, in my opinion. Uh, his fight against Cub Swanson, uh, I think a couple of years ago now was actually the fight of the year, uh, at that point. And this one was even more impressive than that. Uh, if only because of the crazy finish, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, just, just a, you know, one, one of those fights I was watching it once again with my girlfriend who hasn't been, Watching uh, mixed martial arts as long as I have, and when they got to the sort of um, the sort of bromance um, back and forth, where they pause the fight at several times, usually you see it a couple times, where the two guys are like kind of look at each other, and I after um, a crazy exchange or you know after an amazing fight, especially if it's gone on for like four, five rounds. Uh, to the point where it happened in this fight, and they just kind of do a little mini-celebration mid-fight uh, with what these guys did. They did it a couple times, and every time it happened, my girlfriend just kind of was like, is this a thing that happens? What are they doing? Why are they stopping? And then they threw their hands up and you know started uh, gesturing towards the crowd. It was a lot of fun, and um, definitely something, if you're a fan of mixed martial arts... Uh, that you enjoy watching. I know I did. Uh, just two dudes putting it all out there, uh, having fun, doing what they love, sacrificing it all for the audience in a true gladiatorial-type um, fashion. Just just crazy. Uh, all the way up until the very end when Yair is Re- Re- Rodriguez throws an elbow that we'll probably still be talking about for decades in mixed martial arts. Um, Something that I'd be interested, you know, you see a lot of moves uh, duplicated throughout the years. I swear once um, Anderson Silva uh, knocked out, you know what, I can't actually remember who he knocked out with that front kick now. Um, When Anderson Silva threw a front kick to the face knockout and Leota Machida threw a front kick, front kick to the face, knockout. And then after that, I feel like people are just like, Oh, you can do this now. So <laughs> fighters started doing it on a regular basis, throwing, uh, front kicks to the face. Same thing. Um, not that John Jones was the first one to do this, but, uh, in the way that he throws it, that spinning back elbow that he throws in, uh, close quarters. That's another one that I saw a lot of people try to duplicate, uh, yard Rodriguez actually threw that one a lot last night as well. Uh, but this elbow, in particular, was, you know, uh, even the guys calling the fight, I believe, thought it was a headbutt, his head coming up, uh, and nobody knew what happened right after it happened, I had to look at the replay, had to slow it down, um, upon the replay, it was obviously a, uh elbow coming up. From the ground, looking more like a uh, a flail than anything. Kind of looked like he was just ducking uh, ducking punches from Korean Zombie and then uh, moving upwards uh, after the exchange had ended. It looked like an accident. It really did. But the more you look at it and the more you uh, study the tape and the more you sort of focus on... Uh, the power and the accuracy that it had and, you know, the fact that it knocked Chin Sung Jung straight out. You don't do that on accident. And uh, he actually did throw a pretty similar uh, elbow a couple times in the fight, uh, missing with it. So it it does seem like it was a technique that he had worked. I'd be interested to listen to some interviews with him uh, to sort of get a better feel on um, whether that was, you know something he had worked on before i think at this point we can all agree that it was on purpose at least but uh is this a technique of his that he has used a lot in the past uh regardless uh super impressive i I have to have watched that like 20 times now uh and i believe right up to the last minute of the fifth round knocking out korean zombie cold and You know, I had Korean Zombie ahead on points. I think a lot of people did from what I've been seeing on the internet. Korean Zombie probably would have walked away with that split decision if Yair Rodriguez had not knocked him out. Uh, You know, that knockout coming a good 10 seconds after their little uh, mid-fight celebration. Um, You know, their whole, uh, wow, this is amazing, bro. Yeah, it is. Let's punch each other more, bro. Uh, after that whole interaction uh, right after that it almost it almost seems like that was on purpose at this point um, it it definitely uh, kind of colored the exchange a little more since you know I really don't think uh, Chen Sung Zhang expected uh, to be finished after that I think he just expected them to go back and forth and trade punches but Either way, I mean, what more of a fitting way to end the main fight on the UFC Fight Night 25th anniversary than something truly uh, unique and groundbreaking, and something that will be imitated for years to year from years from now uh, by other fighters? Which is what the UFC is all about. It's all about creating stars. Uh, it's all about changing the game. And that's really what the UFC did on this night. Uh, And so for another reason, another reason that it's fitting uh, that this fight ended the way it did is rather than, you know, just pushing forward and celebrating a veteran like uh, Chen Sung Jung, who I would have loved to see win this fight. I mean, I believe he was... um, it's been a while since he fought. I want to say it was about two years. I'm not sure. Yahir Rodriguez also coming off of a long layover himself. Not quite as young or long as uh, Korean Zombie's layoff, but nonetheless, neither fighter had fought in a while. So it was it was nice to see uh, nice to see them both come back. Kind of heartbreaking to see Korean Zombie take that L, especially in the fashion he did. Uh, Yahir Rodriguez then just collapsing to the ground after the fight had finished, uh, saying post-fight that he broke his foot in round one of that fight. And if that is true, which I have no reason to disbelieve, that makes the whole thing even crazier because Jared Rodriguez was not shying away from throwing that foot, uh, was definitely stepping on it uh, throughout the entire fight. Uh, and now that I've actually said it out loud... I feel like that's obviously why his footwork wasn't looking the way I thought that it might. Uh, If he did break it uh, early in that first round, that makes a lot of sense why he wasn't jumping around and looked a little more flat-footed, which we've come to expect from uh, Korean Zombie, but not necessarily Yair Rodriguez. Uh, So what's next for a guy like Yair Rodriguez? Uh, Fighting at 145 obviously has a lot of options. There's a lot of guys we'd like to see him go up against. I'd like to see him take quite a bit of time off. Uh, I don't think we'll see him fight until probably late 2019. I just. Uh, f- broken foot. Uh, he's got to get his brain checked out after all that nonsense he went through last night. So uh, I-, I would like to see him take a long and deserved vacation. I hope, you know, I, kn- I know we don't always know what fighters are making but uh his actual purse definitely not worth uh everything he did to himself in that fight Uh, i believe he did get fight of the night uh a fight of the night bonus there which i believe is 50 grand i'm not sure if they split that or uh or what that is actually but he's gonna get some sort of bonus i really hope uh, he gets more uh in the back room sort of deals we all know that uh the purse that we see isn't necessarily what the fighter actually makes. So I do hope that he that they are both uh, fairly compensated. Uh, Dana White posted um, a picture of them both uh, in hospital gurneys, hooked up to equipment, giving thumbs up, looking rough. And Yair Rodriguez is a young fighter, so I'd like to see uh, many many years ahead of him uh who knows you know he, at this point he's kind of got his pick of the litter uh, got to give him a uh top 5 guy after this fight i mean if only because there's so many eyes on him now uh, even if you don't think he deserves a top 5 guy after this fight you really can't give him anything but you've got to put him in uh you know put him in some uh, some some big fights now there's definitely going to be people tuning in to see what that guy does next. Um, Who knows? I I mean, I'd like to see him... uh, Honestly, the way he looked uh, in stand-up, I'd like to see him be Conor McGregor's tune-up fight. I know we'll probably not ever see Conor McGregor come back to 145, but uh, if he wanted to, or if Rodriguez wanted to go up, given their similar styles, that would be an amazing fight. And uh, I know a lot of people... Probably going to jump down my throat about that one, too, because we want to see that Khabib-Conor rematch. I'm not in for that. I'd like to see Conor up against somebody with a more favorable style. I think Yair Rodriguez would be great. Um, You know, uh, something like that. Maybe not a Conor McGregor, but, um, you know, now that, uh, uh, you know, now that, uh Michael Johnson is fighting at one forty five. I think he would be a great uh great person to see Rodriguez go up against. Uh i I say we kinda keep him going up against strikers for the most part now. Um you know, we we can see what he's like up against a uh, Brian Ortega or somebody like that. Eventually, somebody who's great on the ground. Uh but I'd like to see him develop his ground game a little bit before that happens. I don't know how much he's really done to develop his ground game since the Frankie Edgar fight. And sure, not all grapplers are Frankie Edgar. Nobody's Frankie Edgar. But that being said, I I would like him to develop his game a little bit before we see him up against somebody who's just going to take him down and beat him up or take him down and try to submit him. Uh, His takedown defense looked okay against, uh, Chen Sung Jung, but you know, that, that's Chen Sung Jung. He's not necessarily a guy who's known for his, uh, for his grappling or his takedowns. I think that was just his attempt to sort of mix it up and make the fight a little more entertaining. Uh, you know, that being said, I, as much as I did enjoy that main event, uh, It was an amazing fight. As much as I enjoyed it, that brings me to my fight me point of the week. That's when I throw an unpopular opinion on you and ask you to fight me about it. Now, I want to once again preface that I am not saying anything bad about this fight, anything bad about the fighters, but I do not like watching fights like this anymore. Uh, Okay, so I I like it. I'm kind of lying. I enjoy it. But I, I just I want to see fighters defend themselves a little more, not standing in the center of the octagon, uh, swinging at each other. So my fight point of the week, uh, this week is. I want to see more defensive fighters in the UFC. I want to see more people using, you know, more Damian Mayas using their skills to stay out of these firefights. More head movement. Um, you know less of these massacres where we're just watching these guys take years and years off of their lives uh It's entertaining, but it it turns my stomach a little bit, and I know we have to be realistic about what we're watching, but it's it's rough, you know, seeing how people who have uh fought like this. You know, boxing obviously is one of the uh, better windows into this. Uh, We haven't the UFC hasn't or mixed martial arts in general hasn't been around for long enough for us to see a whole lot of these examples. But as flashy and entertaining as a fight like this is, and as much of it is as it is a bread and butter thing for the UFC, I'm starting to get a little sick of it, and uh, that is my pint fight me point of the week is that well as much as mixed martial arts fans love things like this uh, it's it's starting to make me sick sick to the stomach or sick to my stomach and um i would like to see things like this change in the ufc a little bit i'd like to see more fighters be a little smarter about defending themselves in the octagon and uh i think that's just a cultural change from the fan base to promotion, uh, all across the board. Obviously it's the fighter's goal to smash the other fighter in the face. I just think if, uh, things like this weren't incentivized as much as they were, that we'd see a healthier life for these fighters in general. So there it is guys. Uh, Fight Me point of the week is that I'm a giant pussy, apparently. And that's probably what I'll get from you guys on uh, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Hit me up on MMA Fight Me on any of those platforms. Uh, Hashtag MMA Fight Me on Twitter. Uh, And call me a pussy. Tell me that I'm looking at mixed martial arts wrong. Tell me that uh, the Brian Ortega's out there or the... um, you know, Damian Mayas out there, or the Tyron Woodley is a great example—a guy who takes very little damage. Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of shit talk about um, you know about fighters like that. Uh, we have just now—I'm um, trying to think of the fighter's name right now. Um, for some reason, I'm drawing a blank. Let's hold on one second. Oh yeah, Ben Askren uh, being brought into the UFC. That's another guy who you hear a lot of complaints about uh, his having a boring style. A guy who takes very little damage. Uh, that's you know that's what I'd like to see. I uh, know we're still gonna have these Shen Sung Jungs and Yair Rodriguez and uh, Cub Swanson and guys like that who are taking tons of damage and uh they the people love to see it and uh, they love to see the blood fly and i know that's part of uh part of mixed martial arts but i would like to see this new crop of fighters get out there and uh, you know learn how to um use footwork to avoid punches use their grappling to avoid being hit use submissions when they could use ground and pound uh these sort of things i would i would love to see and i think they would give the sport a little more longevity and maybe um maybe open up the fan base that is quite uh quite truthfully just grossed out by the blood and grossed out by the damage that these guys are taking i'm not saying everybody has to go in that direction but I would love to see it happen, uh, and I think Ben Askren's going to be a good uh, a good person for that. Uh, I say that now, but in his UFC debut, he could come down there biting down on his uh, biting down on his mouth guard with his chin up, head down, swinging. I don't think we'll see that though. Uh, but that being said, uh, that is pretty much my show for the week. Um, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, any of that stuff. It's MMA Fight Me on all platforms. So uh, please check me out there. Um, We're kind of doing a reformat a little bit. Uh, I'm going to start doing some more segments and things like that, maybe some interviews. So we'll see a little bit of that in the future. Uh, If you'd like to send me a voice recording on the Anchor app, which is one of the platforms that my podcast is on, or send me any um, any feedback that you'd like uh, in on my uh, Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, uh, and I'll try to incorporate it into the show. I'd like uh, I'd like your input on anything I'm talking about. If you wanna uh, if you wanna have your reply to my fight me point of the week uh, on the Anchor voice recording app, please do that. I'm going to try to get a um, toll-free phone number for you guys to do the same coming in soon. Um, So look out for some more fun segments next week. We're going to try to get this out every Monday. I believe this one might be coming out on Tuesday. I'll try to get it out out earlier if I can. Um, But we'll see what happens. Uh, Adding a lot more fun segments. I want to... uh, I want to get my girlfriend on here more often. I know we had her on the first podcast and, uh, she was super, super funny. I always enjoy her input. Um, we were watching, uh, mixed martial arts. Uh, It was a, um, I believe it was UFC two weeks ago and she was talking about, um, about how she thinks it's funny that guys like watching these sweaty dudes on TV, which of course is an old Thing we've, anybody who's in mixed martial arts has had somebody be like, "Oh, you're just watching these sweaty guys roll around." But then she continued to say, "Like I can smell their balls from here," and uh, I've been laughing about that nonstop because looking at those sweaty dudes, you can just kind of imagine what their balls smell like from the TV. If they're Derek Lewis's balls, I'm sure they smell hot as hell. <laughs> so until next week, guys. Uh, I've been Anthony Tadero, and if you don't like it, fight me about it.